they were three ordinary women on what seemed like a simple mission to find a film they liked. One where women got something to do and not just look pretty or be murdered. Which, to be totally honest, has complicated matters a bit. Welcome to Flicking. Yes, it sounds a bit rude. That's the joke. Hello and welcome to this month's Flicking. I, Mickey Noonan. It sounds really grand when you say it like that. I, Mickey Noonan, am, as ever, joined in our forage through our back catalogues of favourite films to be judged by other people by Yosra Osman. Yosra, hello. Hi. And that Dunleavy woman, Hannah Dunleavy. Hi, Hannah Dunleavy. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> I reckon we should do an episode where we just all talk in third person about ourselves. That yeah. wouldn't be confusing for the listeners at all, would it? Mickey wondered. <laughs> anyway, Yosra, it was you choosing our film for this month. So what did we watch and why did we watch it? Yeah, you're right, Mickey. It is I, Yosra Osmond's choice. <laughs> Now, if you listened to the end of our last Flicking podcast, you probably gathered that I was a little bit nervous to choose my pick for this month, as it might be considered a little cutesy, and it's not, you know, one of the prestigious or renowned picks that we've seen in recent months. But it is, without doubt, one of my favourite films. So I've chosen the reimagined fairy tale, Enchanted. I simply adore this film, and I, I watch it every year. So we start in this film by meeting Princess Giselle, who's played by the illustrious Amy Adams in, I think this is her breakout role. And Giselle is in her animated homeland of Andalasia. In true Disney fashion, she lives with her animal friends and dreams of true love's first kiss. Before you know it, a prince saves her from an ogre and she's getting married. Not so fast, though. Susan Sarandon's evil queen is threatened and wants to throw a spanner in the works by sending her to a place where there are no happy ever afters, as she says. That's right, it's modern day New York. And yes, when she gets there, it's nothing like the magical fairy tale land. It's dark, there's people who don't seem all that kind, and not a singing animal in sight yet. Enter Patrick Dempsey, who plays Robert, a practical, no-nonsense lawyer who's only led to actually speak to Giselle when his young daughter sees her trying to knock on the door of a cardboard castle cutout. She thinks it's the real thing. Despite confused and cynical first impressions, I think he thinks she's a bit weird, we soon see that maybe Sal's true love is a different kind of charming prince. Okay, so why would I pick this? Now, you probably know, you might not know, that I am a very much a Disney kid and, by default, a Disney adult. When I was younger... When I was little, my parents would show me loads of Disney videos to kind of just keep me entertained, and it worked. I would sit in front of the TV and just watch them all the time, and I was very, very happy to do that. And a lot of these films have stuck with me even now, even if I actually have a bit more of a critical eye these days. (laughs) Now, this is kind of why Enchanted works for me. It's an homage to classic Disney, but it's also quite satirical. It takes a lot of your usual Disney tropes and cheekily pokes fun at them, not too much but that gentle subversion keeps it fresh and it's still entertaining for both kids and adults alike one of the main reasons i love this film is because of its cast and i've already mentioned her but i think that amy adams performance in this film is an absolute tour de force starting out as the innocent starry-eyed giselle who kind of grows out kind of goes to this world and goes to new york and starts to realize things and develop throughout the film but she is just so delightful and so charming I have to say Amy Adams is so committed in this role 
that I still hold this as one of her best ever, perhaps her best ever performance. And she's done a lot of great ones. Shout outs to to Susan Strandon and Timothy Spall and my other favourite performance in this film, which is James Marston, yep. who is clearly himself as the vain camp prince. The film does stick to a rather traditional storyline, especially in the second half with a happy ending that could come straight out of Disney's golden age. But for me, this film is just ultimate comfort viewing. It's funny, it's smart, it's a pretty easy watch. And even though I admit it is not perfect, I do find it quite enchanting. So, <laughs> Hannah, when I mentioned that this was my pick, you had this kind of confused look on your face. I don't think, didn't think you knew what this film that I meant was. Uh, well, I had no idea what it specifically was, but I, I knew it was Disney and I knew you liked Disney sort of fairy tales. So I assumed it was something along those lines. But yeah, it absolutely would not have been a film that I would have watched had you not picked it. That doesn't mean that I'm not grateful for you making me watch it because I said to Mickey I didn't hate it. I would actually go further and say there were bits that I thought were genuinely just lovely and really funny and obviously Amy Adams is one of them. But it's worth mentioning that between this coming out and being at the cinema and people, you know, enjoying it and all of that and now, I have watched every single Disney cartoon ever made. I've made Mickey watch most of them with me. It's true. I've seen most of them, but yeah. So it speaks to me more now because I am much, much more aware of what it's mocking. Yeah. Mickey, have you seen this one before? Yeah, I've seen it a few times before and chosen to watch it before Yosra. So I was already on board, if I'm honest. Yeah, it was <laughs> funny. I was chatting to Jen yesterday and I said, oh, I've just finished watching our film for Flicky. And we watched Enchanted. And she went, well, that's Yosra's pick, isn't it? <laughs> she said, there's no way that's you or Hannah. <laughs> so as Hannah said, for Dunleavy Does Disney, which was a really interesting and quite often very, very funny section to do. We watched all of the cartoons. And of course, this starts as a cartoon. But once she lands in New York, then we are in real life action and we didn't watch any live action Disney movies because Hannah would have combusted at this point you know spontaneous yeah. combustion would have made a comeback and it is Disney sending up Disney isn't it while at the same time very much being a Disney movie so the second half that happy ending that we are bound to get they really flag it from the beginning you know they're like we are going to take the piss out of ourselves but this is a Disney movie this is a princess movie but the cast you're absolutely right the cast is phenomenal amy adams just absolutely nails that wide-eyed being a cartoon character yet never being unlikably saccharine she's so sweet and innocent and you believe it within the realms of the fairy tale world that we still inhabit even though we're in new york city and yeah james marson is hilarious as well i just think he's just this incredible lantern jawed prince that in his world is an absolute hunk and a catch and in our world is a misogynist little bit of a prick and yeah but... there's a really lovely contrast there timothy spall is great i wish susan sarandon had got a bit more time on screen because she's brilliant when she's on it but yeah the cast make it a joy and it's very very funny yeah, I think on your point about Amy Adams and, you know, saying she's very committed to the role, but you're right, she's not too sugary sweet. You go along with her performance and she's actually really funny in places. I still laugh so much at the scene where she's meeting a couple that are getting divorced and Patrick Dempsey's character tells her that they're getting divorced and she just starts bawling and she gets <laughs> so upset and cries. And it's just the way she carries it is really 
really funny for me. Fact for you. The, yeah, I was thinking about the similarities a little bit because our last film was Who Framed Roger Rabbit? And of course, you've got a mixture of animation and live action. Enchanted a- Autumn has that, but not to the same degree because they don't intersperse as much, of course. The first bit is just a little bit meta, but then it goes into the live action mainly. But at the time when they filmed Enchanted, Disney weren't doing the sort of classic animation films anymore. So they had to outsource a lot of these scenes. And that means that it took a while. It took them a year to complete the animation scenes, whereas at the live-action filming, it only took them 72 days. And Disney didn't go back into animation until... It was actually only a couple of years later. It was The Princess and the Frog in 2009 which is another one of my favorite films but don't worry hannah i'm not going to choose that anytime i've seen it we liked it (laughs) it was one of the better ones i thought yeah let's talk a little bit more about disney kind of holding up a mirror to itself and trying to be a little bit subversive but as you say mickey keeping it very much in the realms of disney and not going too far it's kind of a tale of two halves. That that first half to me seems a lot fresher and and funnier. Does that mean to you two that it kind of lost its way as it gets into that second half and it moves more into the just classic Disney scenes? One of the joys of the first half is that they constantly point out what things don't make any sense <laughs> in Disney films. Like actually, my favourite bit is where Patrick Dempsey, who I'm kind of ambivalent about in this film, he could have been played by almost anyone, I think. Classic Disney prince though, right? <laughs> yeah, well, quite. The bit where he says, how, do they, how does everyone know this song? Yeah. <laughs> because that is obviously, you know, one of the, the things that in Disney films that you just like, that doesn't make any sense. And when he asks where, where, how the birds will know where she lives, how do they know where she yeah. lives? She's at the birds. <laughs> exactly that. But towards the end, its own story starts to not make sense a little bit for example why susan sarandon's stepmother slash witch character why she is still gonna kill amy adams when in fact if she just pushed amy adams towards staying in new york that would kind of save that problem and that itself didn't make a huge amount of sense to me so yeah it's very good at pointing out the silliness in in other stories but it has a bit of its own silliness but I didn't object to it that much because it's within a film that is very clearly by absolute fantasy as opposed to actually fully set in the real world. I think like with Who Framed Roger Rabbit, because it starts with animation, it sets that stall out really quickly, really immediately. You know you're not in the real world. And so what follows, it also kind of like, well, I'm already aware that I'm not in the real world. So you give it a little bit more leeway. Because I think Disney is holding a mirror up to itself, but it's very much a magic mirror that it wants to tell it it is still the fairest of them all, right? They still want to have their cake and eat it. And I absolutely agree with you, Hannah. I'm like, why is why is uh, she still trying to kill Giselle? You know, literally her plan has worked. She's put her in New York and she's willing to stay there with someone else. But that evil stepmother trope, that was the, the, the only bit that I'm like, what a shame that they didn't tackle that because that is obviously a trope that is very damaging for women. And there's a really funny bit where Giselle has taken Patrick Dempsey's little girl 
shopping and they've gone out and they're having like makeup done and she's like is this what it's like going shopping with your mum and Giselle goes oh I don't know I've never been shopping with my mother but Edward's got a mother and I'm so excited because she's supposed to be lovely because what they say about <laughs> stepmothers is wrong and then it's like Disney goes ah, 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 we were right all the time and you're like mm, okay but yeah I don't think it loses its way I think it knew exactly which way it was always going and they flag it from the start and that way was silly and towards a happy ending so I think you know once you're on board you're on board and I really liked her as a dragon. Thought that was great. Yeah. I, d- I think I do agree with you in terms of Susan Sarandon. I mean, I love her anyway, but her character does seem really underdeveloped. And there's something that they perhaps could have done there to flesh out her character a bit more. They did do a sequel called Disenchanted, where they, I think they try and explore that a little further. And they've got Maya Rudolph in the kind of evil role. But it, it's to admit it's nowhere near as good as Enchanted so Mickey Hannah I'm sure you're jumping to see it but I'd, I'd, I'd hold <laughs> off on, I'd hold off on that one uh, Disney had suggested it to me after I finished this one it did immediately <laughs> pop up and say if you want to watch this <laughs> and I said no I'm good thanks Disney yeah, I'm not I'm not so fond of that one If you are a true Disney fan, you will see in this film that you've got some cameos from former Disney princesses. There are little in the music. The music was written by Alan Menken, who's a legendary composer who's done a lot of the kind of golden age Disney films, and Stephen Schwartz, who wrote uh, Wicked, the musical. So it, the, mu- the kind of score is brilliant, but you actually see some of the classic themes from things like The Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast was one that I recognised. So I guess for me, it's kind of like a chocolate box. It's got all these little treats of some of the just classic Disney things that kind of are like a comforting blanket, which meant I was always going to enjoy it. And I was going to ask you to, because I gathered you're not as much of a Disney fan as me, but of course now you've watched every single one. If you spotted some of these and if they felt as delightful as they might have done to me, or if, if they just kind of went past you. The trouble with having watched all of them is that they all do sort of meld into one big red flag lump. <laughs> oh, I was I was able to spot the sort of the trope rather than say specifically where it came from. But obviously, you know, just that scene where she opens the window and sings to the animals and she gets New York wildlife in is yeah. I mean, yeah. I think that's several films that happens in, doesn't it? Basically, yeah. yeah that Singing at housework with wildlife, that is a Disney trope, certainly from yeah. the early films. Massive yeah. one. And I love that yeah, twist yeah. on it. I love that it's rats and pigeons and cockroaches and mice that come and help her. And I'm sure people of New York would love it to be as easy to get them out of your apartment as Patrick Dempsey makes it at the end, right? Oh, my God, it's so <laughs> yeah. easy to get rid of them. I was like, that never happened. But of I course guess because they're fairy tale rats and cockroaches yeah. and pigeons. Yeah. It also has some, some other tropes from other films that aren't Disney. But nonetheless, still, you know, trophy, like, for example, making dresses out of curtains, which is Gone with the Wind and The Sound of Music and all of those things on top. So I think, although that might also happen in a Disney film, but I can't remember off the top of my head which Disney film that happens in. But yeah, that's quite delightful when the second day when he goes and she just, you can just see the bits like out of it. Yeah. Because the ones that we watched where we watched all the Disney films, and I was a Disney film fan when I was growing up as well. It was definitely something that me and my little and uh, like siblings 
sibling cousins, <laughs> sister women, what? would sit and, and watch like The Lion King, Aladdin. I really loved Aladdin. And then when we rewatched them for Dunleavy Does Disney, you're like, this is so problematic. And you, <laughs> yeah, they yeah, take yeah. on a whole new level, a whole fantastic point of view, right? And so those ones have now lost a little bit of their shine. So I did spot them, but they didn't make me feel comforted. They just made me relieved that they weren't going in quite the same direction in this film. Whereas the modern Disney animation that I think, yeah, it starts with Princess and the Frog. And then you've got Brave and Moana and Coco and all of those films which are amazing and tell incredible stories without pissing all over women or certainly pissing a lot less over women are phenomenal. So maybe this was the turn point. One thing that struck me was that I think it owes a lot of its success to the success of Elf because I halfway through stopped and thought, when did Elf come out? Was this before or after? And yeah, it was a few years before and I thought, yeah, yeah. Elf has absolutely paved the way for Disney to make this film. Yeah, I would agree with that. I hadn't even made that connection and I love both films. But yeah, there's a lot of similarities in terms of kind of coming from these magical lands and waking up to reality. And also winning over a cynic by just being so damn sweet. Yeah, and I have to say one of the bits that I I do now roll my eyes at a little bit is how... (laughs) First of all, when she meets the divorce couple and she goes, you have pussy hair, she actually touches the lady's hair. You do not touch a black woman's hair. So first of all, that that kind of suddenly screamed at me when I was watching it again. But also, amazing how that fixed their entire relationship. Because you later see the divorce couple and they're like, yeah, she's right. She does have pussy hair. And I know I know it's still fairy tale, but I think that kind of just magic touch that just wins over everyone around her, that's one of the points where I thought, oh, yeah, no, maybe that, that is a bit too much. But it, it's a minor. And Hannah, when that happened, did you go, she? Yeah. Yeah. I was waiting for her. I have only just finished The Wire, and Joe and I have just... Yeah. Like my now my absolute favorite so I actually forgot that he was in this so watching it yesterday because we only finished the wire like a month ago I just the first thing I said was she <laughs> well you both need to go and see cocaine bear because he's in that as well doing a very similar sort of character and also it's amazing can anybody like the original songs I have to mention that there are some musical touches, not as many as some Disney films, but I think How Do You Know, I actually think it's a bop. I've got that on my phone. Is that where they're all in the park in New York? And like they're all in the park. And they're comes the together. Room? Yeah. Can I ask a question? Yes, I'm merely sure it is, but that is Amy Adams singing, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, yes. I, I was pretty sure it was, because, I mean, obviously she sings in the Muppets as well. Um, yeah, uh, it's interesting that, of course, I mean, she sings beautifully, and I was struck by, obviously, in cartoons, quite often, the person singing isn't always the actress that's doing it. So, mm. and that's hidden or more easy to hide because it's in a cartoon. So, yeah, I mean, she really is just the whole package, isn't she? Beautiful and good at drama and great at comedy and lovely singer. Yeah. I've got a friend Maybe who's, like, proper right. obsessed with her and I can see why I really am. But yeah. she does the princess role, so... so. Well, um, you know, as we've mentioned, the cast are brilliant. But can we just give another nod to lovely James Marsden, who I thoroughly appreciate in anything he does. But in this film, just taking on that Prince Charming role. And again, it's that same level of commitment, but he is really making fun of himself in that film. 
Yeah. And he's great. Yeah. Like, And also, he's got the lantern jaw. He kind of looks like a cartoon in this film, doesn't he? He has got that lantern jaw. Yeah. That match with the wide pantaloons and uh, self-confidence that is matchless is incredible. When he stabs the bus, that's very funny. It's very funny. Yeah. I think, yeah, Amy Adams is phenomenal at comedy. She's so good. And Hannah and I saw her on stage in The Glass Menagerie, and that is a very funny play as well as obviously quite a disturbing play, and she <laughs> was fucking amazing in that as well. But she does comedy so, so well, and Marsden absolutely matches her, I think, as a, a funny character in this. And I think yeah. Timothy Spall's yeah. great as well. We've not talked about Timothy Spall. He is cracking. And his cartoon version of him absolutely looks so like him. Yeah, <laughs> Because I knew nothing about this, obviously, apart from that it existed and it was sort of a Disney. When they all start bursting out of the the drake, it was actually quite exciting. I said, oh, I don't know who this is going to be. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's Timothy Spall. Oh, it's Susan Sarandon. I really didn't know who was who was going to emerge from that drake. But his cartoon version of him looks exactly like Timothy Spall yeah. at that time. Obviously, he's lost quite a lot of weight since then. Um, but yeah, I was like, when I remember the first time I saw it, I thought, Oh, clearly Timothy Spall's in it because there's a cartoon version of it. Yeah. And very well animated. And there were a couple of really well animated characters, but where they're trying it was trying towards James Marston, the little the little character trying towards James Marston of the evil queen giving Giselle the apple. And just the level of detail in the animation of these small creatures, I think is really well done. There's there's quite a few things that I think technically actually work really well. Another cast member so in the real life. Yeah, in the real life too, yeah. Um, yeah, because it's amazing how quickly stuff ages. I mean, we learn this from Jim Rated or Dated. It's amazing how quickly something that looks like, oh, wow, that looks like an actual bird or the chipmunk. That actually looks like it's sitting on their hand. It's amazing how quickly you're like, wow, does that look awful? So, yeah, I think it's aged pretty well in that sense. Yeah, I would think so. Another cast member that we've not mentioned, by the way, is um, Julie Andrews, who does... The narration don't know if you spotted that she 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 did not opens the film and i think she closes it as well she does that narration so it is a pretty a pretty stacked cast okay so i mean i was really skeptical of choosing honestly we how long have we been doing flicking now about three Two years, years three years yeah yeah you don't understand how long i've been on the this film i've been so nervous to choose it i'm like Please don't choose Disney. Everyone would expect for you to choose Disney. But is this one just quite not Disney enough to make it a, a safe choice for me? I've got to say, Ezra, we ended up liking like Coco. We really loved Moana. I own on DVD and watched. There were yeah. quite a lot oh, of the go. modern Disney films Great that films. we ended up really liking. Yeah. Brave is incredible. Yeah, I really like Brave. I bought it for oh, yeah. my mum. Brave you know. and Coco are brilliant. Mm. So you weren't okay, you weren't yeah. necessarily onto a, a loser at all, but I'm, I'm just I'm <laughs> sad that we scare you so much. We we're going to go full Susan yeah. Sarandon. Yeah, it's just every time you you can always pick such good films. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to bring the tone. Oh, down I'm so slight. sorry. I'm not going to. I can't let that pass. I am like the Wang <laughs> Fest Central who picks like yeah. Airplane and Anchorman yeah. and basically have one note like movie choice, which is big and funny that's it so seriously Hello. you bring a lot more to the table although i might not ever forgive you for making me watch west side story how oh, that this is such a class anyway anyway <laughs> so yeah i've chosen enchanted it is my comfort watch and yet i watch it every year on my birthday usually no. 
Oh. Around my birthday, I tend to watch this and a couple of other films that I won't, won't mention now. But yeah, <laughs> I'm glad you both somewhat enjoyed it. I really like it. I think it's an absolutely brilliant film. Yeah. I can't say I would choose to watch it again, but did I have to watch it again for some reason? I wouldn't be angry. I'll take that. I told Jen that she should definitely get Lyra to watch it when Lyra is six. I figured the little girl in it is six. Yeah. For that thing of family entertainment that you can watch it with, there's jokes for grown-ups and there's lots of stuff for kids as well. It absolutely, absolutely Disney's it. It, You know, it knocks it out of the park. Perfect. And peace. Hannah, what Western are we watching next month? No, what are we watching next month? (laughs) Well, it's funny you should say this because I had picked a film, John Sayles, Lone Star, which I can't say it's one of my favourite films, but it is a really good, really interesting film. And I was really interested in in your opinion on it. But once again, having done a little Google, can't get it anywhere. It basically vanished off the face of the earth like the lives of others had. So I had to panic pick something. So we're going to watch Arizona. Raising Arizona? Oh, I mean, I'm excited, (laughs) which gives too much away. (laughs) Standard issue for all women.